you can look at a, a variety of examples of innovation in the market, and I'm really excited how the church is embracing some of those technologies. You know, we don't have to invent cloud computing, but we can use it and we can just make it awesome. This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Hi, and welcome to today's show. I am your host, Carolyn Farney, and we are continuing on our conversation around innovation. I'm joined today by one of our Subsplash team members, Nate Keck. Nate is a senior product manager here for us. Nate, welcome to the show. Thanks, Carolyn. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, when we invited you on, I knew there was one of two things we could talk about that you are an expert in. One being technology and innovation, two being college football. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, they say it requires 10,000 hours to become an expert at something, and I feel pretty confident you've logged at least that. So question being, are you are you starting a side podcast that we should be tuning into or? I'm not going to confirm the, the rumors are, are, are not true or or are true. Uh, I will just say, go dogs, go University of Washington football. <laughs> Better luck next year. Oh, womp womp. Um, but so in in terms of technology and innovation, this is is absolutely an area that you've had a lot of experience in. Um, we we're so blessed to have you. You had a background in consulting, really working for some of the the country and the world's biggest companies that when they have conversations around what technology are we going to put out, it changes culture. So yeah, yeah. a lot of influence there. So we're happy to have you with us. Now, as we kick this off, I thought, how about we start with just a definition of innovation? How would you define what innovation is? That's a great question. Uh, you know, innovation at its at its simplest level is just problem solving. That can be big problems, that can be small problems, but it, but it's problem solving. Um, it doesn't have to be the latest thing to do with virtual reality, augmented reality, or whatever you know catchphrase you want to use. It's it's just problem solving, making something easier. I love that. Now, as we start digging into even, I alluded to some of the companies that you worked with, yeah. getting a little bit of your background and story and how you got to Subsplash, maybe walk us through that journey. Yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up uh, in a small farm town outside of Seattle, and I, I went to the University of Washington, go dogs. I uh, got my engineering degree and, and contemplated a few different paths there. I did spend a summer uh, making torpedoes and a few missiles for, <laughs> for a company called Raytheon. Super fun. Um, kind of whetted my appetite for not doing, you know, mainstream engineering as it were. Sure. Uh, so I went into consulting and uh, not entirely sure what that meant. It was an IT consulting company called Accenture. And right off the bat, I got staffed at AT&T and got thrown into a whole host of really cool things that I, I if you would have told me I was going to go into, I might have uh, not been as interested, but once I got into it, I, I loved. Um, at AT&T, I got exposure to launching some some Samsung Galaxies, iPhones, um, you know, other products they made. That led me over to Microsoft. I got to be a part of the Xbox One launch there, a few Surface launches, um, and that just kept on going. Uh, I did more project works at, at Microsoft. I got exposure to uh, eBay and Google and Concur and probably a few more in there. Um, and that was, that was really great. Um, as my, my time at Accenture, you know, continued to evolve, I got put on the road a lot more. Um, and that kind of started to, to 
lead into my family life, right? Being traveling quite a bit. So I was going to um, say, because then you also went to work for a small little company. Yeah, you right may have heard of this of, one. Out of Seattle. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought I was going to stay for a long time at Accenture and the Lord of Other Plans. Uh, I got presented with a role. Uh, I said no, and God said, oh, no, you, you're going to go. Um, he has a funny way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes, un- at the time, unfortunate, but but always always love him for that. Uh, you know, six, six months later, seven months later, same role, same team was available, and I made the switch. I got to work on the Alexa team, so everything that had to do with Alexa, or Fire TV, Kindle, Fire tablets, uh, got to work across launches there. That was that was fantastic. Amazon is every bit of it as innovative as uh, you've heard it is. Um, after after some time there, though, it, it started to be a lot. It was it was you know again more stressful, a lot of hours. Long hours. Despite the yep. exciting products, the title, you know, so, some of those things, and so had this this moment where the Lord said, you know, hey, what are you going to choose? Uh, are are you what floor you sit on, or are you title, or or is it going to be me? And I said, okay. Lesson learned, God. It's it's you. You know where do you want me? And um, you know I looked at other roles at Amazon. Um, I looked at a few other ones. I almost moved on to to Mountain View for Google, and I ended up at Subsplash, which um, you know at the time seemed like this passion project. But gosh, is this really you know wh- where my career goes? And and what a blessing it's been just to be able to take some of the really cool things and be able to use technology and m- my heart for the church and marry them together. I never thought I'd get that opportunity to do it. So. Now I'm talking to you on this podcast. I love it. I love it. So from your time at Accenture, in with Apple, companies like Google, obviously uh, a history there with Amazon as well. What are some of the lessons that you learned from these big companies? What were those storylines that you saw play out that you thought, yeah, I'm going to take that and remember it? Yeah, wow. Uh, Gosh, each one had, had such a unique take. Um, but all of them had tremendously creative people, people who are looking to solve problems in new and unique ways. And that's that's the beauty of it, is being able to take people with different backgrounds, different pu- viewpoints, put them together and, and solve problems. Um, you know, really kind of that, that heart of innovation. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if, if I look at a really good uh, historical example of innovation you know microsoft had the tablet years before anyone else did you know it was this clunky probably two inch thick thing they gave you a stylus and, and the user interface was just a copy that everyone's used growing up like windows 95 windows 98 sure. yeah yeah very familiar with it and um for a user though that wasn't that wasn't uh that wasn't what they wanted to do they didn't want to carry around a stylus and, and drag and drop files Apple came along years later and realized that if I'm going to give people a product that they're going to carry around in their hand, they need to be able to use it with their hands. It's got to, it requires a different paradigm. How do we innovate and solve that unique problem? And they use their interface they use in the iPhone, right? It's, it's much more simple. It's much more streamlined. It's meant to be used with your finger. And, of course, that market is with us today. There's tablets everywhere. You know, they are the king of that market. Um, and all came through taking that problem and solving it, making it delightful, making it so simple that it was a, it was awesome to use. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, even going back to there being a problem, a problem that was at hand, they were trying to solve with the tablet and they launch it. It's not having the success. It required almost someone to, in this case, Apple, you know, take a step back, think about it in a new way and hear, you know, the stylist and being able to simplify it. And now it's very well known yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. part of a lot of our everyday lives. But any, any other examples that you had uh, yeah. in that way? 
Yeah, I mean, another great example that, that I got to work on was Alexa. So similarly, Microsoft and Google had the voice assistant built into the Apple as well, built into their phones. Um, what they didn't recognize, though, that it was frankly a little weird to people use the voice assistant on their phones. So if you're in an elevator thinking about what you're uh, going to get on the way home for dinner, you wouldn't go, you know, hey, Siri, add eggs, broccoli, whatever to my shopping list. It's just just kind of weird. It wasn't until Amazon realized, well, what if I just take away the buttons and I take away the screen and I force the end user to use their voice where people are like, oh my gosh, I had to use my voice. Isn't that delightful? Isn't that cool? And of course, that category is also what it is today. It's huge. Everyone's got a voice uh, a voice product or, or some sort of voice integration. Yeah, I love it because, I mean, in my mind, it really is... Apple was the iPad and didn't even know there was really a tablet known yeah. before that. Alexa was the, the home voice. And like you said, it, for, for most people, you don't even realize there was something before that. And it comes to mind even like with the MP3 players. The iPod was the first very significant, this is where I listen to music digitally, where yeah. there were lots of other competitors on the market. It just... You know, I think even as we think about, okay, how do we, how would this even apply to just me in my own context that few of us are, are in the spot that we're trying to rethink voice activation or tablets. And maybe you are, which is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And we're really glad you're, you're listening and tuning in, but, um, how, how does the, someone in the church respond um, what what do we do to even try to keep up with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, so on the, on the one hand, you know, take their lesson of simplicity and delight and really letting that experience complement the user. So with everything that you're doing, how does it enhance uh, the end user's experience? You know, how do we make it more simple and more delightful? You know, leading in with that goal, but then also kind of embracing the reality and the beauty of the church doesn't have to keep pace with, with Apple or Google or Amazon. They're innovating at a tremendous pace. Like, let's use their innovations and figure out how we can, can take them, repurpose them, and reach people with the gospel. Um, let's use their, their innovation. It's, we don't have to do it. It's great. I love it. And even some simple takeaways of sometimes when you have a problem, maybe this is me just stating the obvious, but having being able to step back, bring in other voices that maybe see it with fresh eyes to know maybe it's something we're not scrapping all together, but it just requires us to innovate on this. Yeah, yeah. So more of a, a way of thinking than just an actual kind of tangible one, two, three, here's the steps you take. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can look at a a variety of examples of innovation in the market, and I'm really excited how the church is embracing some of those technologies. You know, we don't have to invent cloud computing, but we can use it and we can just make it awesome. I love it. I love it. So what areas do feel right for innovation for you? Yeah, gosh, I'm really excited about how we can continue to engage end users um, with content and with experiences where they're at. Um, one story from from my own life is when I was I was working at Amazon. I was taking the bus in every day, and um, my default would be to watching universe listen to the University of Washington football podcasts. Go dogs! Go dogs! Go dogs! Uh, or another podcast, maybe just browsing my Twitter, reading an article. Um, I discovered an app though called Abide that was Christian meditation, and you know, pick, pick a, each day would be a new, uh, a new scripture, uh, a little bit of context, a little bit of here's things to think about it. Here's things that was going on at the time. Here's how it's culturally relevant today. Think about it. 
What does that make you feel? What does that make you think? And it became such a light, just a way, way um, so woven into my routine, uh, taking the bus in and going into that environment and just being able to carry that with me eventually became my morning routine. And then my evening routine as I was coming home, sometimes in the middle of the day, um, using, using modern day technology to meet where I was at um, is something I'm super passionate about. Um, I love that. And even just a rich, we have this rich history of spiritual disciplines and Bible reading and prayer and meditation being something that we join believers of all ages in doing yeah. and ways that we even use current means like your, these small computers that we keep in our pockets all day yeah, long yeah. And, and how we can kind of cut through the noise with that. Yeah, I mean the Bible's two thousand years old. They haven't rever- they haven't revised it much recently, right? So you know, this, if you wanted to have someone preach a sermon on the woman at the well, it's largely the same a hundred years ago it is today. Our, our cultural uh, context changes. Some of understanding may change, but but it's largely the same. My home my home pastor preached a sermon a few months ago um, on the passages in Joshua and Deuteronomy. And he's like, hey, these are going to be some challenging passages. And really it's, you know, God telling the Israelites, all right, you guys get the promised land. First thing you're going to do, go in and kill everyone. And like today in our culture, like, whoa, like how do I tell a non-believer or how do I explain that? Like that seems really um, counterintuitive to who I know God to be. And it, for me, is illustrative of the Bible is so complex and takes study and care. I am, I am so passionate and so excited about technology's ability to complement and say, well, we can equip all of God's people with the understanding of, of how um, you know, God is, is restoring humanity and using these uh, stories and these passages to point to who he is and give us context to yeah. be able to, to just engage the world with it. I love it. Yeah, I've talked in episodes past of even just ways technology and media, you know, making it the, the Bible and scripture even more accessible today to more people. Now, what are who are some innovators that you look up to? Yeah, gosh, uh, you know, in the secular space, I love Dropbox. Um, you know, that's a most people know them as a file storage system. Um, for a long time, they've been doing they do many other things now today. But what I love is just this delight and simplicity. You know, I talked about I think innovation is problem solving. When they first came out, they had you know the magical box where you could drag any folder from your computer, put it in there, and it'd store it, um, it'd format it. And all end users saw was that I'll drag it and it works. You know, on the back end, they're accounting for so many different file types, so many different sizes, you know, all these sorts of things, all this complexity. Yeah. But they, they realized very simple what is actually very complex. Exactly. The exactly. The user just wants it to work. And we should think about that same way. I, I love that product. It's fantastic. Um, in the faith space, you, you and I talked about, we love the Bible project. Love yeah. being able to help present um, both visually and with audio incredibly complex topics and make them accessible and reach them where, where people are at. You know, that's on their phones. That's on their computers. That's on the go. That's with, with podcasts. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And really around the concept of, I mean, good technology should help you be more efficient, more effective. And so at the end of the day, you're trying to just use it to help people move from intention to action that's faster. Right. And there's different things competing for our time as, as seasons go. But well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. We're going to continue this on in future episodes, and we hope you join us. There's a couple ways you can stay connected with us. So subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Share it with a friend. Also, if you take a few minutes to rate us in the store, it helps us become more visible for other people to find us as well. And then finally, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast 
at subsplash.com. Whether it's questions, whether it's ideas you have for future episodes, we'd love your feedback there. And of course, as always, you can follow us at Subsplash. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Equip and Engage, where we're sharing insights learned from thousands of conversations with leaders and pastors around the world. To follow along with these conversations, subscribe today or visit our website.